welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 15 and 16 of Reply 1988. Did I get those numbers right? I don't know, because I forgot my notebook. We're deep in the numbers now, so... (laughs) We're watching episodes, we're getting through it, we are nearing the finale, and yeah, I did forget my notebook, but you know that the thing I care most about is romance. We've got one romance just coming to a stall, completely stopping in its tracks, mm-hmm. and we've got one with Sun Young and Musong just, like, cruising, cruising yeah. along. We love a slow burn. It's it's uh, blooming, honestly. In the be- it's like, so they're doing good. Great. <laughs> they're doing great. A kind of unexpected, beautiful, secondary lead romance. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I really, this show has so many beautiful moments, and I really loved the conversation that Musung had with Take about their relationship. Yes, that was so sweet. And Take's response, as he continues to be the best, best boy. is so, yeah, is he's wise beyond his years, and we love him for it. We love him for it. And, like, I I think if we play the comparison game between him and Sunwoo, where Sunwoo kind of struggled with it initially, but came around, like, he's, he's, he's doing fine. on board now. Yeah, but it, it took, it took some more time for him versus Take was immediately good to go. And I actually thought that that was a decent characterization in that it's been a long time since Take lost his mom. It's not maybe, like, so fresh in his mind that his dad and his mom were together and that i mean obviously that's the ideal his mom never passed away but in light of that he just wants his dad to be happy and he had more time to to, to deal with the loss of a parent as ter- and as terrible as that is it equipped him to handle this situation where his dad isn't moving on but just finding happiness with another person in this life and so i loved I think that juxtaposition that we got where it it got to be a conversation between the two of them and it got to be take reassuring his dad that this is a good thing. I think the only seed of doubt that rests in my mind is that they've painted take to sometimes be a little bit of a dummy, a little bit of an airhead. And I worry that he genuinely thinks his dad just wants like a normal friend. And maybe his dad is like... I. (laughs) I'm not saying I want a romance right now. I'm not going to ask her out on a hot date. Like, we are just going to get closer and closer for a while. That is sincerely the plan. But I don't know if Take is like, oh, but they could be together someday. Like, they could be romantically involved. Or if he's genuinely like, yeah, you can have as many friends as you want, Dad. Like, that sounds great. Yeah, Yeah, his dad did lay it out in the most delicate way possible of being like, I think it's great you have friends. And he's like, oh, yeah, you mean like a friend like Jung Hwan? Sure. You mean like like that friendship? (laughs) More like a friend like Duck Sun. You know how you're friends with Duck Sun? Like that. Like that. Just like like that. And takes like, "Mm, not quite getting it. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully he gets it. They've painted him as sometimes ditzy, but pretty intelligent overall. So it was just a good moment. It was a good conversation. They're all on the same page. Yeah, I really liked 
that juxtaposition. I don't think I would have noticed it, except that you brought it up, especially because we are finally to the point where Sunwoo is coming around to the idea. Mm-hmm. He is starting to be more accepting of his mom's happiness. And I love that in that kind of development of his relationship, Sunwoo and Musang's relationship, we got to see Musang shine a lot, where he's like, I guess, super fit, super athletic, super able <laughs> super to fill all these roles. <laughs> yeah, super, super competitive. Like, broke Sunwoo's hand to prove a point, but... <laughs> <laughs> but go for it. I love freaking... I love this moment of breaking the stereotypes where people are just like, mm, you're just a little bit chubby there, dude. You're a little bit of a chunky guy, and I bet, uh, but you can't do this. Maybe we should go easy on you. And he's like, how about I go easy on you? How about I go easy <laughs> on you, son? And he's just like, yes! Get it! Get it! I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was really, really good. Um, yeah, I really like uh, Moosung's character. I think that he is I think that he's such a good character and I I don't know. I like that the I didn't expect to like the pacing with which they've introduced his character where we got almost nothing from him for so long and now <laughs> we've got him, you know, really developing, but I do uh-huh. actually. I like that he just was kind of quiet and he still is, but it's it's a different kind of quiet now where we get to like watch him Show all the different things about himself. Yeah. It's the same with Dong Dong's mom. Where yes. I thought they were just going to be like, she gets some cameos here and there. There's this story where Dong Dong runs away from home and he gets back home and his parents don't even notice, don't even care. And I feel like nine out of ten dramas would just leave it at that. And yeah. say like, and that's Dong Dong's life. Like, isn't it kind of funny, sad? And you're like, more just sad, sad, but sure. Not this show. This show's mm-hmm. like, no, his mama has a full redemption arc. She is here yes. to be world's best insurance lady and world's best mom. Here we go. I loved how much in that episode they talked up how scary his mom could be. And how she was going to, how she doesn't even talk to one of her sons at this point. (laughs) But when push comes to shove, she wants her son to be safe. And I just thought that that was such a good mom moment. Yes. Yeah, it was a perfect mom moment. I loved it. And the breakfast scene. Oh, so sweet. And he's just chatting away and she's like, wow, you have a lot to say. Yeah. That's so sweet. I just love the like... If you communicate your needs to someone who loves you, they will absolutely go out of their way to give you anything. Yeah. Like him, he, all he had to say was, I don't want to eat alone. And his mom was like, I'll be late then, if that's what you need. And obviously, like, it's in context. She knows that he was rebelling. He was getting into troublesome stuff for attention. So she has that understanding of, like, if I do keep leaving him alone, he's probably going to get into more trouble but still a very sweet show don't tell of if you just communicate with people we say it in every k-drama communication is key and this drama showed it with a different kind of relationship loved it i'm eating it up i loved it yep completely here for it it's very good that i think that that storyline was one of my favorites of these two episodes was getting to have 
that really tender moment. That and um, I fully cried at the part where Bora was leaving and her dad shows up. It made me miss my dad so much. Both my parents, oh my but I, I cried way harder than probably would be normal for like a scene like that but i found it so relatable and then a few minutes had passed and i i had dried my tears for the most part but i they must have still been in my eyes because craig walked into the room and he was like have you been crying and i was like yeah and then i told him and as i was telling him i started to get teary again i was like i just really miss my dad i just really miss my dad (laughs) I do that every week with this show. I'll cry over something and then Jason will be like, oh, what happened this week? i reply and I'll have to explain it. And be like, and it's beautiful because she's looking at her dad in the rearview mirror and she's, it's just so representative of life. It's this metaphor for growing up and leaving behind your nest, your parents who love you so much and you're never going to live with them again. Oh my god, wrecked me. That wrecked. Yeah, that scene wrecked me. <laughs> yeah, it hit deep. Uh, yep. Um that yeah, that was probably my favorite scene. I will say that of all of the episodes of Reply that we have reviewed, so far aside from those scenes, these two so here's the thing. There is nothing about this show that is like falling short in any way, but these have been my probably two least favorite episodes. Oh really? Yeah, I felt way less engaged with these episodes than I have with previous episodes. And it oh. might be because I'm too engrossed in the romance with Jackson, and this was one that I did not like the way either side of that love triangle progressed this last week. It just... Oh, yeah. It was very lackluster. And I think maybe... So I don't even think it's because of Reply. I think it's because of my expectations and what I was hoping would happen versus what actually happened. They always handle everything perfectly. It's just that it was really tough to see all of the buildup with Take and then to kind of have it all reeled back in. I think I kind of have a problem with... I know that their hesitance to make moves, both of the boys, Take and Jung-Hwan. I know that it's more based in their friendship than it is, you know, wh- whether or not they are, you know, interested in pursuing Duxon or whatever. They don't want to hurt each other. But it still sucks because I feel like the person who suffers the most from their, like, back and forth and indecision is Jackson because she doesn't get a say in it. They're making the decision after, like, pursuing her and showing interest and giving her, you know, attention and having all of this build up. And then she never gets any explanation. She never gets any kind of satisfying conversation about, hey, <laughs> here's the thing, but also here's the thing. She just has to get jerked around while these boys get so up in their feels about their their friendship and hurting their friends and, and what they think Duck Sun should have or shouldn't have or, you know, like, it's not, I don't know. There's just a lot to it. There's a lot of layers where I'm like, don't, don't build her up and show up for her so conditionally where you're like, actually, I'll show up and be there for you and have a good time and then 
unexpectedly pull the rug out from under you. And I know she wasn't super bothered about the take thing. She was like, oh, okay, like, no big deal. It was way more frustrating when Jung Hwan did it to her. But I don't know. I, I've talked for a really long time. I feel like I'm not coming to the point very gracefully. But it's just, it really got to me in these episodes that both of the boys have now done it to her. And I'm just like, God, don't. <laughs> no, I think that's really well said because I was having the same problem, but I don't, I think I kept thinking of it from the boys' perspectives because I think the show gives you so much more of their emotions when it comes to this love triangle. We did wonderfully, thank goodness, get that moment between Duck Sun and Dong Nyong in the last few episodes where he's like, you also have an opinion, this is also about what you want. But that's the only time this show has actually done that. Otherwise, it's been, yeah, her thinking that different guys like her and then starting to pursue them and then getting really let down. And it just keeps happening over and over again. And like you said, I don't think they've made her out to be very interested in Take romantically, so it's not as heartbreaking when he doesn't show up. I don't think she's ever like, oh, I'm going on a date with Che Tae. Like, this is the best moment of my life. She seems more in the camp of like, me and Tae are going to see a movie. Yeah, it just so <laughs> happens to just be the two of us. Yeah, it's definitely at night. And he did tell me to dress up. And he happened to bring me flowers. But yeah, it was cool. It was just two buds hanging out. And you're like, bro, get with the program. But um, since she doesn't get that message... <laughs> She doesn't seem as heartbroken when he's like, hey, my flight got delayed, so we gotta postpone. And she's like, yes, our non-date is being postponed. Our hangout, our good friend hangout sesh. So it's like, yeah, not as sad in that light. But most of what the show has given us is her pretty clearly liking Jung Hwan and him trying not to like her, but being very bad at it, being like, I do like you. And it's hard not to. It's hard to hide that. It's hard to be different and not try and be more and more caring towards you. But I know it would hurt take. So anytime I get too close, I'm just going to crush you. And yeah, you really stick with the boys' perspectives for a lot of this show. But once you start to see how jerked around Duck Sun is getting, I think you phrased it perfectly. It's It kind of sucks for her. I don't like it. Yeah, it. And I don't know how to resolve it because it's like, they're all friends. They're all going to keep hanging out. So if they decide not to pursue her, I guess jerk jerking her around a little bit is going to happen. But also it, I don't know. It just, it's a bad feeling. I hope, I know that they'll fix it. Because again, yeah. this show has never done anything except wonderful writing. And I love it. I love it. But also I... I just found myself very where I was invested in that storyline and then the build up kind of fell flat for that storyline in particular in these episodes and it will be a different it will rebuild itself in the next episodes I'm sure but right now I'm just like eh and so yeah when I was a little bit like ah that's hilarious through the um talent show and stuff I still was only partially invested because I was like, what's going to happen? With is is Tate going to confess? I just, I must know. Oh and it's God. like, no, he will and not. And he just should have. 
that's it. That would have resolved things so much faster is if he had just said, I like you, and she could have taken that in mm-hmm. and been like, oh, I either have never thought of you that way, and I'm going to start now, or I don't really feel that way about you. Like, anything is fine. Your responses are up to you, Duck Son. I'm really not sure where you'd land on a confession from Take, but I wish you could have had the opportunity to start thinking about it. But instead, all of these boys are like, my confession will stay in my heart. It will be buried with me. And for what? For what? For what? Just be honest with each other, and then be normal when it doesn't pan out. Duck Son and Sun Wu were able to work it out, so... Yeah, pretty quickly. I, they resolve things pretty... Uh, speaking of Sun Woo, though, can I be pretty mad at this giant baby boy for being just, I guess, consistent in his character? Yeah, being they, they like, made him consistent. We'll give him yeah, that. Yeah! <laughs> in being a giant baby boy? I didn't want that consistency, but here we are, because he's like, you're breaking up with me? And Bora, I will say, she also has to take some credit for being like, Wow, I'd never even considered that taking the bar might mean I should break up with my boyfriend. Like, it seemed like him saying, are you breaking up with me, was the first time that had even occurred to her. Yeah, which it clearly hadn't. Like, or it had before, rather. Like, she literally talked about that one episode where she was like, if I were to do this thing, you and I could not date. But it wasn't regarding the bar. It was... Something yeah. It was something to do with the accounting pathing that she was doing previously, where she was like, if we do A, then B can't happen, because we're going to be very busy with plan A, so. But with this, she's like, I'm going to take the bar, and he's like, oh god, that's crushing. Are we breaking up? And she's like, what? Why would we break up? Because you said she- that we'd have to, if you- <laughs> Yeah! But also, she says no! And that's, I feel like that's the end of the conversation is like, we say no, we figure this out. I want to be with you. We're going to see how this goes. And Sun was like, we're already broken up in my head. I'm going to treat this relationship as if we're already done. Yeah. I hated that. Yeah, it was terrible because, yeah, he had already made assumptions. But Ra, for whatever reason, after five episodes or whatever ago, being like, yeah, we'd probably have to break up if we were to pursue, you know, these these paths. Then all she has to say when she's like, I'm about to pursue a path that might be too difficult to to do this thing. All she has to say is, no, we're not breaking up. So he's already decided she's broke broken up with him based on somewhat reasonably something she's said in the past. But then she says no. And he's like, it's too late. I've decided. <laughs> And she's like, and we will not be talking about this anymore. I won't clarify that point. I won't be like, let's give this a try. I know what I said before, but hey, you know, we we don't know until we know what what we will be capable of of pursuing. So let's let's try both. Uh, would have loved to see something like that where she clarified, yes, I did say that before, but I don't want to right now. And he. <laughs> Has already re- he's already heard what he's heard, and so he- he's done. He's going to med school. Yeah, what is it- what is happening with their relationship? I don't get it. And like you said, they've been lukewarm for so long that I don't really care. I'm just frustrated instead of interested. Yeah. So it's 
it's not optimal. Yeah, Sunwoo just continues to be the most dramatic character in this entire <laughs> neighborhood of people. He's the more, boy. He's such a good boy. He's so dramatic. He's the most dramatic. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I I do want to talk about the dance contest because that's where my only fun facts are. I so I loved the singing contest. That was very cute. I absolutely would not have handled it as well as those moms did if Mm-mm. Dong Nyong went out in front and just got completely blasted. Like, oh, they just laughed it off and I loved that for them. I think I'm the type of mom who would just start, like, open my arms and be like, come here, come here, my new son. <laughs> I know this is hard. I'm so sorry. I love that they laughed. Yeah, they just laughed at him and dragged him off stage. <laughs> yeah, like, this is not a big deal, but, um, come sit down. You did really bad. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Yeah. Which is insane, because when he was doing his warm-ups, so freaking good. So yeah. freaking beautiful. He was hamming it up, but it it still sounded good. It was just hamming. It was more like a comedy song, but a well-done yeah. comedy song. Craig walked through the room when he was warming up, and he stopped <laughs> And just stared at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it's a talent show, obviously. He's the comedy <laughs> character, obviously. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a bit much, but for a reason. And he's doing a good job at it. And same with Miran. Like, her dancing, it's a lot. But it's good. It's yeah. pretty talented. So I loved it. Yeah, I forgot. She was the one they had to drag off, right? She was... Okay, I forgot, because Dong... Uh, sorry. Dong Rong? Yes, Dong Rong was the one who... He just said, yeah, thank you, and walked away, and that was also very good. That was also... That was very good. I think I get worried whenever a non-Korean character comes into play that it's going to be some terrible, like, slightly racist trope that they're going to pull. And these guys were not like, this is a good thing. They were like, we're going to do that this this American man is the most talented singer in this competition, and he blows them all away. And then Dong Nyong has to sing the same song right after. <laughs> Immediately. And that's the whole joke. Very innocent, very funny. Perfection. Yeah. I love that, too. Because I have the same thing, and it's literally because of one K-drama I never watched that they... <laughs> <laughs> what? It's it's one that we've talked about that we decided a long time ago we weren't going to watch because it has Ji Chang Wook in it. But oh, yeah, um, yeah. but it was like rookie something something or something something. But Backstreet it, rookie. Yeah, and there was like some. It's tough because I like I don't know that it's necessarily cultural appropriation when it's a culture that <laughs> that hasn't been like actively oppressed in your country necessarily but there was like some stuff that that i just saw the ads for it and i was like that is not good (laughs) yeah i think we saw the ads for it and we were like oh that's not okay and then we saw other creators who we really respect the black girl soul podcast they were like we're not watching this we don't think you should and you and I were like fully on board. Yeah. Yes, we hear we, you. So we that. already heard that. We, in fact, it, we are already on the same page, one hundred percent. We'll do whatever you do. We love you. Yeah. That also check out Black Girl Soul. They have a great podcast. Yeah. 
And great content. Oh my god, their content online is just next level. Yeah, it's really good. Anyways, yes, so that was a good moment. That was a good <laughs> moment for foreign actors in K-dramas. Yes, yep, they did great. It felt right. It did. I like that they looked at, they gave him one look and they were like, he looks like he's gonna be really good. <laughs> and then he was. <laughs> I, oh. I've not heard that man sing. Something tells me this is it. <laughs> this is it. We should all go home. Like, yep. <laughs> oh, and Noel being on the opposite end where everyone <gasps> looked at him and was like, I don't know what it is about him. He probably can't sing. Yeah. And he's like, here, actually, I can. I can sing really well. I also love the little joke they slipped in where the lady was like, yeah, he seemed a bit older. It seemed like we could get <laughs> some older talent in here. I <laughs> lost my shit. I thought that was so good. It's so good. I like that this show established jokes that are now inside jokes with the audience. Like, yeah. we're all in on these little Noel looks old jokes. <laughs> That's extra good. Because there are still some meta jokes. That was my only fun fact, is the meta jokes that probably went over most everyone's heads, because I had to Google them. They went over my head, but they, the boys... Sunwoo and Jung-hwan take Dong-young to a dance competition halfway through the show. Two competitions, same episode. This is the first one they go to, and Dong-young is like, it's all about hip-hop. This is the booming age of hip-hop. And it totally is. This definitely was two of the dancers that they mentioned that quote-unquote dance like Americans were... Hyunjin Young, who I didn't know, but he's a Korean singer and rapper and dancer and is kind of the father of hip-hop music in Korea. He, like, introduced hip-hop to Korea, and uh, that's dope. The other one they mentioned was Park Jin Young, who's J.Y. Park. I don't know if you know that name, J.Y.P. Entertainment. Oh, I know CEO that name. And founder, yeah. <laughs> He's an incredibly talented idol in his own right, but he went on at freaking 26 years old to found JYP Entertainment, one of South Korea's leading entertainment agencies still to this day. And uh, he just runs the biz. He finds incredibly talented young people and creates idols. And like these two little name drops were just... In, in this episode, casually, and I love that. And that stuff goes over my head every single time. Yeah, I think they do such a good job of talking about the world at the time, where they introduce it all, like as, yeah, little name drops, or they'll talk about what's on TV and we can't see it, but you know that they're making reference to some really big, pervasive, you know, advertisement or or show or or news story that was going on at the time and they do such a good job with it and I'm so grateful every week when you look it up and tell me what it is cuz I never do. I never I'm just like ah <laughs> uh, yes, another thing that I would never understand. <laughs> right? I need yeah, I think that's one of the best decisions we've made in not in changing the format of our bonus episode 
where we know we're not going to save all our fun facts for the end anymore. So one, I can talk about them when they happen and I don't forget as many of them, but also this show just has them peppered in every single episode so we can keep up on them. We give them chronologically. We make the scenes that you just watched make sense, or at least like you get in on the joke. There's a, you're in the inside now. We're all inside the joke. <laughs> this is a family. We're doing this together. And yeah, for some reason, it takes research. For some reason being that I was not in Korea in 1988, so I don't get all the jokes. <laughs> As it turns out, I had not yet been born. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I was not yet alive, so I didn't get the jokes. There was something... That they did. That was so relatable, though, even though I wasn't alive at that time. And now all of a sudden I can't think what it is. Oh, Shoot. I was gonna... See, this is... Okay, so this is why people take notes, right? Because sometimes there's, like, a thing you want to talk about that you're like, Oh, I hope I don't forget this. If only I had a way to remember. (laughs) Like, a physical reminder. (laughs) You'll get it. I know you will if we just keep talking about nostalgia and things that they do. I think they did a really good job of the high school scenes, making those really relatable. (gasps) That's what it was. You got it. You found the thing. You did it. (laughs) You unlocked the memory. Um, It was the cat's cradle stuff with the yarn. I did that so much in elementary school. That was like a big thing that like that I, uh, a friend of mine brought a piece of yarn and, like, showed me how to do all of the little, like, grab the X's loop around and come up from the bottom, or, like, go, you know, like, down through the top and hook your pinkies in and do, like, I learned that and was obsessed with it as a kid. I thought it was so fun, and I remember asking my mom for a piece of yarn so that I could, like, tie the ends together and, and do it. Um, but then I realized that I was the only person, and so then I had to make my mom also do it with me, and she was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, that's really fun. cute. <laughs> that is fun. That's one of those things that I saw kids doing, and I never learned how to do it, but it looked super fun from from a distance. Yeah, because it feels like you know a code, right? Or like a secret mm-hmm. handshake when you when you know what to do on each of the steps. Uh, and then it repeats eventually. Like you go and then all of a sudden it's you're back to the first one that you did. Wow. And yeah, so it it's like a loop. It's like a, I don't know. I don't know what the actual appeal is other than, yeah, it feels like learning a secret handshake or something. Because other than that, you're literally just playing with a piece of string that you've tied around your fingers in a very specific way. (laughs) Yeah, but it's very like a Rubik's Cube, where if you know the kid that knows how to solve a Rubik's Cube, you're like, that kid's cool. Yep, and I never knew the kid that... I never figured out Rubik's Cubes, or... No. My mom could always do one side of a Rubik's Cube, and she couldn't do any more. But yeah, she used to like do the one side for us and show us, and we'd be like, wow, mom, you're brilliant! Oh, that's super cute. <laughs> yeah, I liked all the all the little things that they would do in the classroom before cell phones, where they had the little cutout soccer game that yes. two of the boys were playing and the braiding the girl's hair while she was asleep. 
Yep. Being like, your perm came out perfectly. <laughs> and it's like, like one fifth of her head. And uh-huh. It looks insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like in elementary school for us. Yes, exactly. Like we'd dye our hair with Kool-Aid or just color it with like washable markers or something and be like, look, it's a pink streak. But if you didn't have blonde hair, it looked terrible. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think this show really nailed the nostalgia of the classroom scenes where even though school is so different there with like, I loved, I don't think we talked about last episode when their teachers walked in and they find out who their homeroom teachers are. Yes. Because that's such a big deal. I I guess, like, not to generalize, but I know here in Japan that your homeroom teacher is more like your additional parent figure, where they're the ones that kind of watch over you, especially over, like, field trips, but also in your grades. They're the ones trying to get them into college, obviously. They're in charge of everything. And, and it's kind of... The, the classroom setup is kind of reversed from America, where those kids own the classroom and the teachers go in and out, mm-hmm. whereas in the States, we walk from classroom to classroom, and the teachers have their own rooms. Yeah. So it's it was all just very, it's very cute seeing, like, the differences and the similarities, and yeah, just what kids did without cell phones, and how the girls make new friends. Like, we see the boys friends with Michael, and that's kind of their only new friend. Yeah. And <laughs> he the comes girls in get and some out. New friends. Yeah. yeah. He's in and out, because he's kind of just a weird additional character. Yeah. The, but the girls make new friends, and now we've got, like, more people in the friend group, and it's just, it's all very sweet and cute and reminds you of being in high school. I love it. I love this show. This show's so good. It's so nostalgic in so many ways that I wouldn't have expected for it being a time I wasn't alive in a country I've never been to. And yet I'm still always so enchanted with the nostalgia they've built into it. I've said it before. We'll say it again many times before we're finished with this show. And we don't even have that many episodes left. I know, that's the hardest part. We have two more watch sessions. Two more podcast episodes. No, that can't be real. I, yeah, I love both the nostalgia stuff, the stuff that you kind of have experienced yourself, the high school, the first love, the hanging out with your friends and sleeping over at each other's houses. But I also love that I guess you and I are in the age group where it also gives us stuff to look forward to, where the parents have friendships and the moms are all making food at each other's houses. They're all hanging out. The dads go out together and they talk feelings in secret. It's it's like, oh, there's more. There's more coming. Yes, it's a different it's, role. Yeah, they've done nostalgia at each age level. And yeah, and just the things that transcend what time of life there is with the added nostalgia of like, but this is what was happening at this point, right? Where it's like, moms definitely still get together and have friendships. And you know, like, like when you watch a, a more current currently placed K-drama that's not about the nostalgia, you still have, like, all the first love stuff, but the way they've framed it all, where you're like, 
I feel everything feels wholesome, like nostalgia, but also relatable. Like it's still happen. Like there's still so much part of the day to day aspects that are still happening, and uh, like there's there's phases of it, and it's just so good. It's just so good. Yeah, seeing all the dads go visit Jung Jung Hwan's dad in the hospital, just hanging out with him, placing sports bets. That <laughs> still happens today. Just hanging out, placing sports bets. Just That's for in. real. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited for our commune together. And we can all cook dinner together. Just hang out. Hang out, gossip. Day-to-day life. Oh. <laughs> Go to the market together and eat soup from a little old lady stand. Yes, and and tip well and enjoy good food and good company. Ugh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I don't know where we're going to live, but it's going to be good. Yep, somewhere, on some commune together. I'm hoping Norway. We just yes. got to get Lauren on board. Yeah, Lauren, come to Norway. You like Norway, right? I Who does your life. <laughs> Uproot your whole life. We're all uprooting our lives, okay? Yeah. We're so gonna go. just do it. And Norway definitely wants us, right? They really want us to go make a commune in their country. That's what every country <laughs> wants, right? Just three random American families coming and starting a commune. <laughs> Is that not colonialism? Are we not doing it right? Are we not doing it right? He's... Please let us. Please, we won't colonialize. We promise. We won't. We'll we be just good. want one small plot of land. Okay. We won't, we won't be a problem. We promise. Won't. We're <laughs> learning and growing every day. <laughs> oh. Mm, do you have anything else? I waited until the train was there to ask that. <laughs> That's okay. I still I needed thinking time, and I still didn't think of anything because I forgot my notes. And my brain doesn't work without visual cues. (laughs) Same. Or you talking around something until I'm like, yes, you're right, it was the high school stuff. Yeah, we'll get there together on our our lost memories, but yeah. I think the only last thing I can think of is Jungbong and Manok's relationship, but it's not really anything to talk about. It's just there. Yeah, it's cute. I, I like them just fine together. I am willfully ignoring the age gap, right? I like, I don't, everyone knows I don't care for an age gap when one party is in high school. Yeah, like, she's 18. That's fine. Just have her graduate first. Yeah, and then it's fine. It's not a terrible age gap. It's just enough of an age gap at young enough ages, right? Because I do also think the age gaps, thanks to, like, relative age and everything, and just, like, how long people have existed, age gaps matter less and less as you get older. Yeah, like, I assume it's the same age gap as you and your boyfriend. You're yeah. not like, this is a terrible age gap. You're, like, it's yeah. normal because you're 29. Yes, and he's uh, 34. So, like, it, it's a five-year age gap. What? Yeah, oh, he'll God. be 35 next year. Ooh, I hope. No way! Yeah, he was born in 1988. I thought I went to his 35th birthday party. Oh, dang. Well, I oh, hope I was now- like, 35. <laughs> now I'm second guessing. Am I the worst girlfriend ever? Okay, so here's the thing. He actually it's might be. 88. 
it might he I think he's thirty five. I think he's thirty five. Worst girlfriend ever. Don't tell him. No Come one on tell it, him. Kim. No one tell him. We're all friends <laughs> here. The recording. Burn it all. Cut it out. They can know. <laughs> the listeners can know. But they also. You are now bound by the pact of our friendship. And if anyone reaches out to Craig and tells him what happened here, if anyone shows him this recording, he doesn't listen to this podcast. So we're safe for now. I don't know why I'm holding up this what straw wrapper. It's a straw wrapper. Oh, it's a straw wrapper. I thought yeah. it was an HDMI cable. I was like, did you unplug your internet? <laughs> We're going offline. We're going offline. I have to save this. <laughs> he can probably hear me. He's, he's in his office one wall over. <laughs> oh, no. we'll find out. <laughs> My big 35-year-old guy. <laughs> I think in my mind, I was like, we're five years apart, and I'm 29, right? Um, and so I was still calculating it based on just the calendar year, like what my age is, and not actually like that I will be 30 in two months. So yeah, no, I do the same thing where I'm like, Jason's one year older than me, except that half the year he's not he's two years older than me and then it's hard then the math is too hard and my brain doesn't like it the math ain't mathin the math ain't mathin why do we have to have those months between us where you're (laughs) you're not one year older Mm? yeah um but yeah it's different if you were 18 and your boyfriend was 24 yeah i actually isn't jung bong 25 so she's I think so, yeah. So it's like even it's a six year age gap, which again, it's a bit much. It, but I don't know. I hate that it was a different time, but I'm also now thinking about how six years is my parents' age gap, and they had a baby <laughs> at that time. So they and they yeah, were like the same age. Parents were. Yeah, it just, yeah, we've got different (laughs) standards now, guys. Um, (laughs) I guess it was a different time. I don't like that time's rules. Yeah. I like the rules better now. Don't date 18-year-olds and you're 25. Wait for the ages to feel relatively less separate if you're going to have a six-year age gap. At least wait for them to not be in literal high school. Yeah. Like, if they're graduation in college, day, bro. Yeah. That, I don't know the actual legal age of consent in Korea. I don't actually I think, think ages of consent matter. All. Like, they do matter in the sense that, like, do not illegally date people who are younger than you at, with a big age gap, because that's problematic. With a big age gap. If you're dating like someone under the age of consent and you are like seven years older than them, don't is what you should do there. Um, but that said, it's like at the end of the day, I also still like even if she was above the age of consent, but still young and there was the big age gap, I think I would still be like, I guess we're ignoring that. I guess I'm uncomfy quietly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when it changed, but if memory serves, the age in Korea was 13 for a long time, and then it got changed to 
I think 20. So it used to be one of the lowest ages in the world, and now it's one of the highest. Good for them for making the right change, because a 13-year-old... <laughs> like 25-year-olds dating little girls is getting out of hand. Yeah. Yeah, Ew. it is. Pretty quickly. Pretty much just one case, and you're like, it's going up. Age of consent's going up. Age of consent is 20. Don't date 20 anyone now. under 20 if you are under... Nobody talked to the high over 20. Don't talk to the high schoolers. Just let just let them focus on their studies. Bora, you are also out. This yeah, goes both out. ways, okay? <laughs> you creep. Yeah, come on. Come on. Leave the high schoolers alone. That's our whole podcast. Thanks That's for coming to the show, guys. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Now I feel weird talking about their relationship at all, Jungbong and Monok, because it's cute. It's cute to see him get confident and come into himself and like the coffee kiss was super hot one of the hottest kisses i've ever seen in a k-drama but in context like, <laughs> yeah i hated it because i was thinking about the age gap and so i yeah, was uncomfortable and i was like uh, it just seems like it would be kind of sticky because there's the whip cream oh see but if that kiss had happened in her private life I would have been, oh my god, my yeah. soul would have left my body. To be like, honest, that's fair. That's one of my, because the chemistry was so good. And if that, I yes. wouldn't have been thinking, oh, the whipped cream. I would have been like, oh, so cute. <laughs> so good. But now I just keep thinking about a child and like, I don't like it. Yeah. Okay, just break up. <laughs> Everybody break up. Everyone break up. We're the new Just Break Up podcast. Just kidding. That's a real podcast. We are not encroaching <laughs> on their territory. They're amazing. Go listen to that podcast. Please don't sue us. Please don't sue us. It was a joke. <laughs> Raquel loves you. Okay. I do. I love that podcast. This podcast episode was brought to you by every other podcast we've ever loved. Yeah, we just... This is the podcast episode where we make sure to shout out all of the podcasts that have inspired us. Uh, do you have any others you want to name? <laughs> Should we just name off our top ten podcasts right now? <laughs> Ready, go. Uh, well, email us at <laughs> at gmail.com if you want our list of our top ten favorite podcasts. I feel like that's a good way to do it. That is. I feel like none of it will be surprising. I feel like we periodically bring up the podcasts we really like. Um so just in, just listen to every single episode of ours. No, I'm just kidding. We will tell you if you want to know. Um, you can also just listen to our podcast. <laughs> Only our podcast. No, I'm kidding. Why am I being so weird all of a sudden? I'll just <laughs> keep moving forward. Uh, playonk.com, where you can find our affiliate links, our episodes. Uh, just, yeah, that's just our website, where the website things live. <laughs> We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash playonk, where you can support our podcast, keep the lights on, keep the show going, and find bonus content like extra long episodes and notes on every episode. And if anyone wants it, we'll restart our watch parties. That could be a good time. That's all. Again, patreon.com slash playonk. The freest way to support us, if you uh, aren't subscribed to our Patreon... And, and you're not in a place that you're like, you're like, eh, I don't know if I'm ready to support them with my dollars, but I can support them with my time. Uh, then you can rate, review, or subscribe wherever you listen to us. It really helps us out. It helps other K-drama podcast listeners find us. 
Yeah, we are on Instagram at Play on K Podcast, on Twitter at Play on K, and on TikTok at Play on K underscore Emily. And all of those places I am back to hardly ever using, so I'm sorry if it takes me a minute to get back to you. I go through phases. I go through phases where I'm always online, and then I just have to take six months off to detox and make my brain normal again. So I'm offline right now, and I'm so sorry. But come say hi, please. Please say hi. I'm always offline, but Emily tells me about it, and then I go look. (laughs) It's great. We have a great time. We just abuse the system and start spending way too much time on reels. So I just can't get on there. We just can't. It's really bad for me. It's a dangerous place, the internet. But we love you, and we love to hear from you. Yeah! So, we will see you next week with the next two episodes of Reply 1988. Yeah! Okay, bye! Okay, bye! Bye-bye!